This morning's scripture reading comes from Luke chapter 2. Luke 2, starting verse 10, 10 and 11. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Thank you, Ryder. Those are excellent songs this morning to lead into what we're going to be studying today. I want you to think with me uh, for a moment about, about these. These are the keys in my pocket. And uh, if you were to pull keys out of your pocket, out of your purse, you know, you've got keys to just about everything in your life. I've got keys to my house. I've got keys to this building where I work. I've got keys that give me access to different doors that I need access to. You ever lost your keys? Is there anything more frustrating than losing your keys? You, you, you always, when you lose your keys, it's because you need your keys. You don't know that they're lost until you recognize the fact that you don't have them. And then you're in a hurry. And now you're struggling and you're stressed and you're looking for your lost keys. You know that your keys didn't cease to exist. You know that they're somewhere but you just don't know where. There's nothing more frustrating than losing your keys. You're looking in all the wrong places sometimes for the, something that is lost. You know they're there, but they're lost. You don't know where they are, and you're looking in all of the wrong places. And then you finally find your keys, and then you realize, oh yeah, I remember putting them there. Oh yeah, I can see how they got there. I don't know uh, exactly. I didn't know that they were there, but I can see how they got there. You see, we lose things, and then there is great joy when we find things. But until we find them, sometimes we're looking in all the wrong places. Well, my friends, that's how it is with joy at times. Sometimes we're looking for joy in all of the wrong places. Often it is looked for in places that God does not intend for it to be found. We often associate the word joy with the word happiness. And so you see on the screen where I'm going. Happiness is connected to the word happenstance. And happenstance is connected to the word circumstance. And often happiness is tied to circumstance. And as long as I'm in a good circumstance, as long as things are going good around me, I'm happy. But what happens when things aren't so good? What happens when things are not going well? What happens when I don't find happiness in the ones that I'm around or in the circumstance I find myself in? See, happiness can come and happiness can go. But that is not joy. This morning I want to talk about joy. I want to think about joy because joy is something much deeper than happiness. Joy is something that is not dependent on our circumstances. This is something that we talk about and it's something that we study. And if I'm being completely honest with you... This is something that I'm asked to talk about in a few months from now in a different location. And so I've been preparing for that. And somebody asked me, what about joy? Is there joy that we can find? And how can I be filled with joy? You know, things around me aren't going so well. And I find myself in difficult circumstances. And I'm thinking about just walking away. Where can I find joy? Well, as the title of the sermon this morning suggests, 
We need to find it in Jesus. You want to find joy, then you better go to Jesus and you better find it. You know, a couple of Sunday nights ago, I preached a sermon and I started in Matthew chapter 19. And if you remember there in Matthew chapter 19, whether you're here or you weren't, we started in Matthew 19 and we drew some points right out of the text of Matthew chapter 19 and the circumstances that Jesus found himself in there. If you recall, there was one who came to Jesus first of all and he said, he said uh, is it lawful for any man to get a divorce? And in that context, Jesus talks about joy connected to sexuality. The difficulty, actually, of containing and controlling ourselves sexually. And then he goes and he talks about little children. And he talks about the difficulty of pride versus humility. And how we need to have humility in our lives because we want to be filled with pride. The difficulty of wealth. Remember the Matthew 19 passage that talks about the rich young ruler. And this man came to Jesus. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus ultimately tells him to go and sell all that he has, give it to the poor, and come and follow me. And the man walked away sorrowful. And Jesus talks about the difficulty of wealth. We talked about all of those things. And then we talked about relationships. And really Paul sums it up in Acts chapter 14 and verse 22 where he says, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. It is difficult to be a Christian. It is difficult to live a life that God calls us to live. It is difficult at times to do what God wants us to do. It's hard at times. But can I find happiness? Can I find real and lasting joy? And the answer is yes. And so I think it is important to follow up a sermon like that with one like this. This morning I want us to think about joy being found in Jesus. I appreciate the words that Brother Kyle read from us for Scripture just a few moments ago in Luke chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. And you recall in Luke chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, the words that were read for us were words of angels to shepherds out in a field. And they said, today we are giving you good tidings of great things and you are going to have great joy because Jesus was born. But go to Matthew chapter 2. Again, we're looking at verses 9 and 10. It's interesting how sometimes that corresponds. In Luke chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, you've got angels talking to shepherds. In Matthew chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, you have wise men from the east who have come to find the little child Jesus. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 2 and verse number 9, that when they heard, of the, they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. There was joy when Jesus came. I want to be reminded of that. I want to, sometimes we might shy away from, from thinking about the joy of when Jesus came. But do you know that when Jesus left heaven, there was great joy in heaven? And the angels were happy and they were announcing that, that the child had come, that Jesus was born. And then there is great joy when the wise men come and they see the little child Jesus. There is great joy when Jesus came. There is joy in heaven and there is joy on earth when Jesus came. I want to be reminded of the joy that always came with Jesus. The joy that came with him when he was announced and the joy that came as he lived his life. Listen. Circumstances in life can be tough and difficult. Sometimes it can be a roller coaster. Ask the shepherds of this congregation if that isn't true. 
There are days where things are great, days when things are just going along and peacefully and everything is going well, and then there are days where it seems the, the roller coaster just takes you down, and there are difficulties and there are challenges that we face in our lives, and our shepherds care, and they're going through that with us. Life is that way. Ups and downs and challenges and circumstances. But I want to be reminded that when Jesus came, Jesus brought great joy. There was great joy in heaven and there was great joy on earth when Jesus came. I want to be reminded of that today and every day that I live my life. Jesus came to provide us with joy. Well, Jesus lived a perfect life, didn't he? And Jesus brought joy wherever he went. That doesn't mean that everybody liked him. But everywhere that Jesus went, he was proclaiming the good news. Everywhere that Jesus went, he was going and he was performing miracles. And people were joyous when Jesus came. But I want to fast forward in time. And I want to go to the resurrection of our Lord. There was joy when Jesus came. There was joy when Jesus was resurrected. Now you're going to have to open your Bible for this. And I want you to see it with your own eyes. I want you to follow this thread with me because I find it exceedingly great. In Matthew chapter 28, when Jesus is raised from the dead, now you remember that it was ladies, it was women who came to the tomb first. And the Bible says in chapter 28 in verse number 1, it was on the, after the Sabbath on the first day of the week that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. Verse 3 says, His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. Notice what verse 8 says. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. And ran to bring his disciples word. I want to be reminded that when the tomb was found empty, there was great joy. The women were here and the tomb was empty and there was great joy that was found because Jesus was raised from the dead. Now follow me. The women go and tell the disciples, right? Now jump over to Luke's account. In Luke chapter 24, of course you know the, we know the story that the women have gone and told the disciples that Peter and John have run to the tomb. They found that the tomb was empty as well. They've come back and now all of the disciples are gathered there. They're assembled there together. The Bible says in verse 36 of Matthew 24 that as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, Have you any food here? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and ate in their presence. You see, he's proving that he's not a ghost. He's proving that he's flesh and blood. He takes food and he eats it. But listen, when they found out that he was him, the Bible says that they were filled with great joy. They didn't understand it. They were having trouble comprehending it. 
But he was there. He was in their presence. And they touched him and they beheld him. And there was great joy when Jesus was raised from the dead. Now, keep going. In Luke chapter 24, I want you to keep going. And I want you to go down to the end in verse number 50. The Bible says that he led them out as far as Bethany and he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and they returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. So the Bible says that they didn't understand it all up earlier in Luke 24. But by the time it comes for Jesus to go back to heaven, they return to the city of Jerusalem with great joy. Jesus is raised. They have a message to proclaim. And the Bible says that they were filled with tremendously great joy. I have one more passage I want you to see with me. And I want you to think about it. So you follow this progression. After the resurrection of Christ, there's great joy when the women see that the tomb is empty. There is great joy when the disciples see the Lord for the first time. There is great joy when they watch Him ascend back into heaven. But Jesus has prepared them for this joy back in John chapter 16. That's where I want you to go with me. To John chapter 16. Matthew, Luke, John. But in John's account, in John chapter 16, we're actually right before the cross, right? We're actually in the upper room the night before Jesus dies. He's preparing His disciples for the joy that they're going to have. But before He gets there, before He's resurrected, He has to die. And so He's preparing them for that in John chapter 16 and verse number 19. Now Jesus knew that they desired to ask Him, and He said to them, Are you inquiring among yourselves about what I said? A little while and you will not see Me, and again a little while and you will see Me? Most assuredly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice and you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice and your joy no one will take from you. Jesus knows what's going to happen in a few hours. The apostles have no idea. And so here is Jesus preparing them for the next few days, for the next few hours. And he's saying to them, look, I know that the world is about to be really, really happy. I know that the world is about to rejoice and I know that you are about to be filled with great sorrow. He knows that he's about to die. And when he died, the world rejoiced. And the apostles were filled with sorrow. His disciples were filled with great sadness. He says, I know that that's the way it's going to play out. However, there's going to be a time when that will switch. And the world will be sad. And you will be filled with exceedingly great joy. And did you catch what he said? In verse number 22, your joy no one will take from you. Let me ask you a question. Does that mean that every day in the life of the disciples following the resurrection of Jesus was a good day? 
Does that mean that the, the disciples were just going to have a, a rosy life and they were never going to experience heartache and they were never going to have any trouble and no one was ever going to stand against them and every day was just going to be a, a great day? You've read your Bible. You know that that's not true. You know that those disciples had very difficult days ahead of them that ultimately each one of them was going to pay the ultimate price for being a follower of Christ. You know that some of those men, Peter, for example, was crucified himself upside down? Do you know that some of those men had their heads chopped off? Do you know that some of those men had rocks thrown at them until they died? Does that sound happy? Jesus says, you're going to have a joy that no one will take from you. Brethren and friends, that's the joy I'm seeking. That's the joy we should all be after. It's not promised to be easy. It would be with much tribulation you will enter the kingdom of God, Acts 14, verse 22. It's never promised to be a life of ease. It's never said that it's going to be easy for us to get to heaven. But the Bible says that you can have a joy that no one will take from you. That is a, a stability, an anchor, something that will keep you grounded. Even in difficult days, you can press on and you can keep going because there is a joy in you that no one can take. Why do people walk away from God? Why is it that people wander from the truth, James 5, 19 and 20? Why is it that people turn and they, they walk away? Why is it that, that they're unfaithful to God? Could it be? that they're looking for happiness in all of the wrong places? Could it be that they're looking for happiness in circumstances? That they're looking for something in life to bring them happiness and ultimately they are not grounded in the Lord. They're not trying to find their joy ultimately in being in Him. There is joy in Jesus. There is joy when He came and there's joy when He raised from the dead. I want to find my joy in Jesus. I want to find my joy in the salvation that Jesus offers me. This is true stability. A joy that no one can take is a joy that understands that I can be found right with the Lord. I can be right with God through the salvation that Jesus offers me. You see, joy is not about the moment. Joy is about eternity. And that's where I want to go. That's where I want to be. I want to go to be with God and through Jesus I have the victory 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 57 look at Luke chapter 10 and look at what the Bible has to say about the joy of salvation when Jesus left heaven there was great joy in heaven when Jesus came to earth there was great joy on earth joy in the resurrection of Jesus is a source of great joy both to heaven and to earth we should be the most happy people alive you ever, uh, you ever watch somebody before they became a Christian shed tears of sorrow? Did you? I bet a lot of you did. Before you became a Christian, there's a sense in which I am lost. There's a sense in which that realization hits you that I am not right with God. And a lot of times that is expressed in tears of emotion that I am not right with God, that I've got to do something, I've got to take care of this, and I've got to do it right now. And have you watched after one is baptized, after one finds themselves in the Lord? They might still be crying, but isn't their demeanor completely different? Tears of sorrow, 
to tears of joy. I never want to lose that. I always want to hold on to that. We watch that happen because, it's a, because of Jesus and what He does. This doesn't happen without Jesus. And that's what we need to remember. In Luke chapter 10, and verse number 23, the Bible says that He turned to His disciples and He said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things that you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see what you see and have not seen it, and to hear what you hear and have not heard it. Blessed are your eyes. Blessed are your ears, he says to the apostles. Why? Because for centuries, for generations and generations, we have been looking ahead. They've been pointing all this direction to me, all this way to salvation that is ultimately going to be available in me. And he says to his apostles, you're here for the day. You get to, to witness this. You're here and you get to see it and listen to it firsthand. So I go over to Acts chapter 3. And that's exactly the message of Peter now following the ascension of Christ. Like he was in Acts chapter 2, he's talking to an audience made up mostly of Jews. And he's reminding them of who they are and the message that is being presented to them. The Bible has speak, spoken of salvation in Acts chapter 2. In fact, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 47, the Bible has said that the saved were added by the Lord to his church daily. And now you have salvation made available in Christ. And then the message of Peter in Acts chapter 3, verse 24. Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow, as many as have spoken and have also foretold these days, you are sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. To you first... God, having raised up His servant Jesus, sent Him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. That's exactly what Peter is saying. Look, this is a message that we've been anticipating for so long. And now he's saying to his audience on that day, to you first it has been granted. To you, you have the ability to obey God's servant Jesus. And you have the ability to be forgiven of your iniquities. You have the ability to be saved. You know what his message is? It's a message of great joy. I never want to forget the message of joy. I never want to doubt God's love for me. I never want to forget the price that was paid so that I can be saved. I never want to forget exactly how it felt when I became a disciple, when I became a Christian, a follower of Christ. I never want to forget the joy that is found in Jesus. Don't cheapen. Please. Please don't cheapen the salvation that is offered to you in Jesus. It seems the religious world has cheapened it. That it really doesn't take much of anything in order to become a Christian. And it really doesn't matter whether you remain faithful or not. It really doesn't matter if you choose to find your joy in Jesus ultimately or not. It, and salvation has become, in our eyes, in the eyes of so many, a very cheap thing. But don't cheapen the salvation that Jesus offers you. Don't let it have less meaning in your life now than it ever did before. To those of us who are older, 
I, I seem, I try. I try to appreciate it today more than I did yesterday. It seems to have more meaning now than ever before in my life. To think about Jesus and what He has done as we grow and as we learn and as we see it over and over again in these passages. Don't cheapen the salvation that you find in Jesus. Don't make it have less meaning in your life now than it ever did before. You see, when the message of Jesus is preached, there is great joy. And that's what we find in Acts chapter 8. That's what you find in Acts chapter 3. But here in chapter 8, in verse number 4, the Bible says that there, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. And Philip went down to the city of Samaria, and he preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed, and there was great joy in that city. Oh yes, there's great joy because people have been healed. People with sicknesses have now been taken care of. People who have been paralyzed can now walk. Can you imagine? Can you imagine seeing that all happen right before your eyes? But the emphasis of this passage is not on the miracles. It's on the message. They went down to the city of Samaria and they preached Christ. They preached the word of God. And there was great joy when the message of Jesus was proclaimed. I'm asking you this morning, where is your joy found? And if your joy is only found in current circumstance, then what happens when current circumstance change? What happens when it changes? What happens when things aren't going like they are right now? We can't lose our joy. It's too deep, and it has to be found only in Christ and His forgiveness. The last slide I have today is joy and forgiveness. When Paul discussed the blessings of being a Christian, he emphasized the blood of Christ. He emphasized our faithfulness to Him, no doubt, but he emphasizes the fact that this is only available in Christ. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, all spiritual blessings are found in Christ. In Christ we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins, chapter 1 and verse 7. And so he emphasizes the blood of Christ when it comes to being forgiven, when it comes to blessing, when it comes to finding real joy, he emphasizes Jesus and the blood of Jesus that allows us to be forgiven of our sin. And he emphasized it again in Romans chapter 5. Brother Dale read for us a moment ago from chapter 5 and verse number 8, but back up to verse number 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice, catch it, and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. I don't know what brings you joy in your life, but because the forgiveness of sin is available, because there is a way to be justified in the eyes of God, Paul says there is a way to be at peace with God, and peace with God uh, leads us into the grace of God, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. I want to ask you today, what are you living for? Where are you going? What are you doing here? 
Where do you want to go when your life is over? Because you're all going somewhere, and so am I. Paul says, I'll tell you what causes me to have great joy. The hope of the glory of God. Today might stink. I mean, it might be bad. Today might be tough. Tomorrow might be tougher. And the next day even worse. I don't know. I don't know what all of you are going through. I don't know the circumstances that you find yourself in. But I know that Paul had days that really, really were hard. He had days that were challenging above anything that I can even imagine of what he was going through. But he knew where his joy was. And that's why he would say in Philippians 4 and verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord. Again, I will say rejoice. He knew it had to be in the Lord. He knew that the only cause of real and lasting joy in life was to be found in Jesus. And that's exactly where he found himself. And so even from the depths of a prison pit, he could say, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I will say, rejoice. I'm rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God. I know that when this difficult day is over, when my difficult life is over, I am going to glory. I don't know what else could put a smile on your face. The hope of the glory of God. Focus. Focus with me. Focus with me on the joy that is found in Jesus. In chapter 5 and verse 11, And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received the reconciliation. We have heaven to look forward to, my friends. We have heaven to look forward to. And so I want to be filled with deep and lasting joy as I go through this life. If I am not, if I am not grounded in joy and what Jesus has provided me, if I am not finding that stability and anchor in my life, then I will give in to the devil's temptation. Do you know what the devil is trying to do? Steal your joy. That's his M.O. That's all he's about. And if the devil can steal your joy, then he will steal you. So you have to ask, where's my joy going to be found? And is it going to be found in Jesus? Isn't it heartbreakingly sad when people give up Jesus? Praise God that we can find joy in Him. Praise God that we can find joy in Jesus. This morning, my friend, I don't know where you find yourself, but you've got to find yourself in Jesus if you're not. You want real and lasting joy? You want God who will say, cast all your care upon me because I care for you? You want God who has allowed us and given us each other, the church, to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ? We find joy in Jesus. We find joy in the church. We find joy in each other. We find reason to keep going. We find joy in every aspect of life, no matter how difficult it is, because we know that it's just one step closer to glory. I have to go to heaven, don't you? I can't miss it.
I must be in the glory of God. I must be there and praise Him for the rest of time. I must be in heaven. I can't miss it. And so let life bring what it will. I'll find my joy in Jesus. And I'll pray to God every day to help that be the case. What about you? Are you in Jesus today? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Are you willing to make that confession? Are you ready today to repent of sin in your life? Are you ready to give your life to Christ and to be a follower of His? Are you willing today to submit to Him in obedience, even of baptism, there meeting the blood of Christ, the benefits of the cross, and having your sins washed away? Why would you not be found in Jesus? As a Christian today, though, I want to ask you where your joy is. How are you doing? I want you to find yourself in Jesus. And if we can help you, if you have given in or you wandered away and today you're ready to give your life back, you're ready to, to repent of that and to be right with God moving forward, brother, sister, let's go to heaven and let's find our joy in Jesus. And if we can help you in any way today, then please come now. Walk together we stand and sing.